Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. Our thinking about what's so holy about this night that, you know, the night that Jesus comes, what's so holy about it? Um, and, uh, and why all the adoring? Why are we being invited to adore Jesus, this baby? Um, so uh, I want you to think of this. Um, God can't overlook sins. God can heal people. Um, God can change people. Uh, the, the, person you, the person in your life who you think will absolutely never change, um, that maybe it's you know, somebody you're going to see in a few days or tomorrow or today, that person who you think it's absolutely never changed, God can change that person. God provides for us. He can give us what we need. I've got a hundred stories about how God swoops in and provides for my family when we least expect it. Um, God can do anything we need. But God can't overlook sin. God cannot overlook sin. In the Bible's original language, sin is defined as a failure to hit the goal. So the folks at the Bible Project um, describe the goal like this. Treating God as he deserves. Uh, Treating God like he deserves to be treated. And then treating people like they deserve to be treated. Um, People that are made in God's image. Treating them like they deserve to be treated. So when we don't do that, we're sinning, and God can't overlook that. Uh, The Bible teaches the consequences of sin is death, which seems harsh, right? Uh, Seems seems like the punishment doesn't fit the crime, Um, and and maybe for really bad people, but not for like you and me. Uh, So we we, we say that because we misunderstand sin, and we underestimate the impact of sin that our sin has on other people. Um, So sin, sin isn't just in... Sin isn't just what we do. The Bible Project's Tim Mackey says that our sins come from deep desires and selfish urges um, to, to act for our own, our own benefit at the expense of others. And God can't overlook that. God can't overlook that. So, um, and you don't want him to. And let me, let, me, uh, let me say it like this. So I, I've shared with you guys several times. I've shared with some of you guys personally, and you know more about this story. Um, this past year, I had a friend um, who was on trial and is actually in prison now. And during his trial, he asked some of us to go with him, you know, to, to be there with him, to kind of support him. And he's going through it. And so, you know... I, I didn't ask him if he did it. I didn't ask him if he was wrong. I didn't ask him anything like that. I just showed up and sat through the trial. And if you've ever been to a trial like this, a criminal trial, it's brutal. It's nothing like whatever the, in the TV shows you see where it's super quick and it's over. And it's, it's brutal. And during the trial, one, one of the days they had video. They showed video of my, my friend. My friend had sent doing some terribly inappropriate things. And I remember me and my other friends who were with us who were there supporting him, when we were walking out, we are like, he's going to prison. <laughs> I need it. At the end of the day, 
when the judge had to make the word. If the judge was one of us, if one of, 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 of the group of us and his friends, and we're sitting there, and we have to make a judgment against what he did. You, we cannot overlook what he's done. If we like him, if we love him, if we think he's the greatest person ever, we, say, we love you, we think you're really wonderful. We can't overlook what you've done. And if we did that, if we did that, if we overlooked what he did, and we said, hey, no, 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 Every, all of you would look and you would look at us and say, that's wrong. You can't do that. God cannot overlook sin and still be in sync and in character with who he is. Certainly, you've had someone in your life who hurt you, and they. The funny thing about when we hurt each other is like we, all, we often, we barely know it, right? I hurt you and I barely know I even hurt you. I might not know it all. And, and, or, or worse, I've sinned against you and then I, th- but the, while I'm sinning against you, I think I'm doing the right thing. That's the best, right? When people in the name of God or in the name of doing what's right, they are hurting other people. Those are often the worst the worst offenses happen in those kinds of contexts. I'm talking, and, I'm, and again, I'm not talking about like Hitler killing people. I'm just talking about the kinds of sins that most of us consider everyday kinds of stuff. And, and, and thinking about how someone like me has sinned against you, wouldn't it be naive to think that you haven't done that to others? That we haven't done that to other people that are not in this room right now? Listen to this. You, therefore, have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. We're all hurting people all the time, sinning. And God can overlook sins. God can overlook sins. And because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will repay each person according to what they have done. So I read the Bible often and I don't live with it or be present with what's actually being said. Pretend that you really think this is going to happen. Think about Think about what this says. Because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are stirring, storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath. That's terrifying. When his righteous judgment will be revealed, God will repay each person according to what they have done. So I, I've said this to you guys before, and I... I often feel uncomfortable. Any verse, any, any kind of Bible scripture about God's wrath, I'm like, okay, let's skip that. I want to skip that and go on to something else. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. It makes me uncomfortable. And certainly as a culture, as a culture, I, I think that we could agree, as a culture, we have a hard time accepting God's wrath, the idea of God's wrath. For me, it brings to, to mind some overbearing person flying off the handle, punishing me because they're angry at me, uh, payback, vindictiveness. um, It has nothing to do with righteousness or goodness. That's what I think of when I think of wrath. 
So Bible author, um, I'm sorry, Bible, uh, Bible teacher and author J.I. Packer says it this way. He says, God's wrath in the Bible is never capricious. Um, capricious means um, like, like fickle or inconsistent or fly off the handle. It's never capricious, self-indulgent, irritable, morally ignoble thing that human anger so often is. It is instead a right and necessary reaction to objective moral evil. God can't overlook sins. God cannot overlook sins. God must give to each person what his or her actions have earned. And through our decisions, we are, it says, the Bible says, we're storing up, we're storing up God's wrath against ourselves. So when the Bible talks about God's wrath, it often talks about the cup of wrath. Maybe, you, maybe you've heard that before. The, the God we're storing up, we're, we're filling a cup of God's wrath. It's, it's, it's an analogy for us to think about. When we sin, we're filling up a cup of God's wrath, and eventually we're going to have to drink it. So, you know, let's go with that analogy. If we're filling up that cup of wrath, why don't we just pour it out? Why can't God just pour it out? God, God cannot overlook sin. Um, it's, it's like a man, manufacturing company who keeps making products that produce, produce toxic waste with no idea how to dispose of it. Why can't they just pour it out, right? And sometimes, obviously, companies have done that in the past, and then people have to pay the consequences later. They, they, they can't just do that. They can't just overlook the, the fact that the, the waste continues to accumulate. The day of God's wrath is coming, when, when his righteousness will be revealed against us. I've got a cup of wrath that I've been filling since I was born that, that I don't know what to do with. So, why do we got to hear about God's wrath on Christmas Eve? The birth of Christ makes absolutely no sense if you don't understand the fact that you've got a cup of wrath that you've been filling. We don't don't have the first clue why we should adore Jesus if you don't understand that you've got a cup of wrath that's full to the brim that you have no idea what to do with. Why should you adore Jesus? Why is it a holy night? Why do the angels show up and just start bursting out and singing? Why? What are they singing about? If you were somewhere and somebody burst out singing, you was what? We have no idea what makes it a holy night if we don't understand the wrath that we've been accumulating through our stubborn and unrepentant hearts. So let me, let me share this with you. Um, most of you guys know that um, before the Titanic sunk in 1912, all the lifeboats were launched. Most of them not filled to capacity. Some people didn't want to get on them. Some of you guys know that, that when Titanic sunk was like in the middle of the night, like when all this started going on, it's like midnight, 1 a.m. 
waking people up on a cruise ship. You're, you're, you're on a cruise in the middle of the, you're in the middle of the sea, and they're like, hey, wake up. Why don't you get into this boat? Look at this boat. Like, it's, it's terrifying. This is a terrifying boat to get in, in the middle of open water, in the dark. Why? Why didn't they want to get on? Also, listen to this. In order to keep panic from ensuing, the ship's crew played down the disaster. They knew it was happening, but they didn't want people to start acting bananas. So the people didn't realize what was coming. Elizabeth shoots a Titanic passenger who, um, who made it onto a lifeboat said she remembered that she and her fellow lifeboat occupants wanted to stay close to, to the Titanic. She said, we all felt much safer near the ship. Surely a vessel could not, a vessel such like this could not sink. I thought the danger must be exaggerated and we could all be taken on board again. That's terrifying. And because they did not understand the danger, the lifeboats didn't have the same appeal as they would if they understood what was about to happen. Like, if they had all the hindsight that we have, that we know about, the people would have been killing themselves to get on those boats. If the passengers had truly understood the danger that they were in, what was about to happen, when those lifeboats appeared, they would have, they would have said, hallelujah. They would have rejoiced. They'd have been, the lifeboats, yes, we're saved. They would have been so excited to see lifeboats if they understood the danger that they were in, Right? Instead, when the lifeboats, the lifeboats show up, people are turning their noses up up there. They're like, I'm not getting on that thing. Why would I want to get on that thing when I'm safe right here? But they were not safe. The reality was they were in great danger, but they didn't realize it. And because they didn't understand the danger, they couldn't appreciate the objects that were going to save their lives when they appeared. So, Here's our reality. Here's our reality. Let me read it to you again. Here's our reality. Try, try, to, try to make this real living because it is real. Because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath. When his righteous judgment will be revealed, God will repay each person according to what they've done. Into, into that terrifying trouble, into that cup of wrath that you're holding, you have no idea to, to, what to do with. Into that, Jesus is born. Jesus is born. Jeremy sings, fall on your knees. If you knew you had a cup of wrath that you didn't know what to do with, and you knew that this person was going to take it, you would would have to tell you to fall on your knees, you would do it automatically. Thank God. He's here. So good news. When the angels sing, maybe it's because they knew the danger that we were in and they're like, hallelujah. He's here to save them. Such good news. Listen to this. He, Jesus, was delivered over to death for our sins. He, Jesus, was delivered over to death 
for our sins. That day, that Christmas day, that was the beginning. If I really was in that kind of trouble, and Jesus was born to address what God could not overlook, that makes a huge difference when I'm being asked to adore him. It makes a huge difference when I'm being asked to adore him. If I just understand our culture doesn't want to think about or dwell on the wrath of God, but the birth of Christ and the cross of Christ make absolutely no sense if we don't understand the cup of wrath we've been accumulating that we can't fix because we're good or because we're nice. The world rejected Jesus when he came. It's because they didn't understand the wrath that was about to be poured out on them. And if, if, you're, if you're like me when I hear about the cup of wrath or that evil is in me, and you're offended by that, you're like, I don't, I mean, maybe you, but not me. I mean, if you're offended by the idea that you need a savior, those attitudes, again, when we're reading Luke together, look for where those attitudes come up. They always come up in the religious leaders and the teachers of the law in Jesus' day. The people who are like, uh. that's not us. If we understand, God can't overlook sin. And we've got a cup of wrath that we're going to have to drink eventually. The birth of Christ. We adore him. What a holy night. He's here to save us. We'll roll out the red carpet. We're saved. We would would welcome Jesus into our world if we understand what's at stake. Let me invite you just to start with these next couple days. Welcoming Jesus into your world every minute, every second. Every gift given, every meal eaten, it's all for him. Welcome him into every second of your life.
Thank you for listening. If you would like more information on our church, visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. Thank you.